Welcome back to the Wild Side News. And now, Sydney Wildsmith. One of the great things about life is its diversity. And one place that seems to foster and nurture diversity is New Mexico. That's where we're headed, outside of the legendary art capital of the Southwest and site of some of the most ancient cultures of long ago, which still carry on in their ancestral homes. When we return, we head east out of Santa Fe to Roe, New Mexico, where a lifelong birder turned artist paints the kings and queens of the wind, the raptors of the high desert, when we return with your voice of the earth here on the Wild Side News. Almost anyone who ever visits the Santa Fe area of New Mexico is awakened to the power of the land and the power the land has on its people. Today, we visit with a painter of birds and the land he loves. We live in a most amazing planet. It's a, it's, as everyone knows, it, my belief is that this is uh, an expression of something close to divine. It's, it's truly a miracle. And there are many people who experience this in a lot of different ways. And joining us now is someone who lives it and breathes it day and night. Uh, this is Rourke Griffin, who is from Roe, New Mexico, which is outside of Santa Fe, New Mexico. Rourke, welcome to the Wild Side News. Well, thank you, Sid. Nice hearing from you. You bet. Now, hey, first of all, let's let's uh, find out what things feel like in Roe today. Well, actually, the weather today is somewhat cool. We had a little cool front drop in, and, and the temperature is about 10 degrees cooler than it has been. So uh, 10 degrees right now cooler. We're talking about maybe 78 degrees, maybe 80 by the time the day's done. But the clouds are moving in. We might get a little start of a monsoon everybody's anticipating, hopefully. Well, that's a beautiful country. If anybody hasn't been to Roe, uh, I highly encourage them to do so. And then you'd be able to see actually what inspires Rourke because Rourke is a painter. He's an artist and a painter. He's also a musician. He works with his hands, but he also works a lot with his spirit and his soul. And that's kind of what I'd like to talk about, Rourke, because I know that you have a, a, a real dedication and, and, a, and a real connection with animals and the land yeah. and things like that. I'd like to really find out how it is that this love affair with nature began. Well, I was young. I, I was living in the uh, valley of Albuquerque, New Mexico, and, and I became involved with uh, with falconry. And I started collecting books on the on the sport, and started appreciating birds of prey, and and of course started raising some a young kestrel, which is a sparrowhawk, and started flying that bird around my yard and, and experiencing. Uh, a kinship with uh, the wild species of, of a raptor, and um, and from there, I, I, all these years, I've, I've always had a soul connection to birds of prey. Of course, now I'm not active in falconry. I, I represent birds of prey in my art as I paint, in hopes of the more educational value of of, of their beauty and and their their abilities through my art and the country in which they live. I'm just curious, what was it about the birds that caught you so directly? Just something about uh, just their majesty, just their strength. This, you know, there's nothing that feeds on a bird of prey. They, 
they're at the top of the pyramid and they're they're highly skilled predators and there's just there's nothing like the view of a of a bird a prey in pursuit of its prey and the uh, elegance in their flight and the sheer strength sheer strength and endurance in in their pursuit of that prey and to me that just lifts my heart to be able to witness that and, and to, to see a, a peregrine falcon drop out of the sky and almost 200 miles an hour and, and pluck a, a duck out of the air is just incredible now so you've been spending actually your whole life watching birds watching birds of prey and working with them and living with them and i also believe that at times you've um You've had a few that you've had the opportunity to get to know. Uh, on a kind of a personal level, when you get to know a bird like that, what's what's the connection? What's the communication like? Well, when I was active in, in falconry, of course, I'm, I consider myself an ornithologist. I, I love bird watching of all kinds of birds now. And well, when I was active with the raptors, it was um, it was there was the, the kinship between a a bird kept in. in uh, by a falconer and in this relationship of, of of hunting in the wild with it is something that is it's it's uh, quite a sport and it's quite a historical event that goes back a couple of thousand years and it's just being a part of that and and being able to look in that bird's eyes and and feel the wildness and and, and the beauty of it and and watching it and taking care of it and making sure it doesn't get sick and caring for it and exercising it properly and having it on a proper diet all of this is significant in its well-being and and to be fully involved with that is just a total thrill but you're also very much an artist as a matter of fact your your uh, work is displayed in uh, the kiva gallery in in santa fe on a regular basis and uh word has it that you're kind of becoming a hot artist in that gallery but let's go back and i'm just curious how did this the art side of your relationship with the birds begin well, ever since I was a child, uh, my main interest was of sketching and drawing. I, while other children were out riding bikes and whatever, I was more than content to sit on my living room floor and with a pad of paper and just do drawings, pages after pages, and uh, you know, trying to find what interested me and trying to find what I was able, what kind of a challenge I could have to draw. And there's nothing more incredible than even try and draw a feather and uh, there's just something about it that is, is, is just you know if it's properly done and it's and, uh, and it's very identifiable it's a it's a it's a wonderful thing and then incorporating the birds and their natural environment and then get the love of the wildlife in in nature and the vastness of this wonderful state that i live in I mean, there's no place else you can just look and see for a hundred, hundreds, a couple of hundred miles, mountain ranges, and um, the air is so clean, and just the old combination of, of where I live and and the abundance of, of the birds of prey and being able to find them was was my main inspiration. Now, so you started drawing. Did you draw with pencil or pen or what? I started off with pencils, and, mm-hmm. and uh, the more detailed I became with my pencil, the more I began to realize, well, I can get graphite or I can get uh, a fine-tip drawing pen and I could do some repitograph work and and uh, really detail my pieces out. And it wasn't until uh, high school that I really began to experiment with color and brushes and such. 
Now, also, for people who are interested, I have some images of, of some of Rourke's work on the website, so you can see it there, but you can also visit the gallery, which is kivaindianart.com. They're in Santa Fe, and how long have they been working with you? I've been, they've represented my work now for seven years. Mm-hmm, fabulous. And I've been showing exclusively through the Kiva Gallery, and things have just been getting better each year. I mean, some pretty prominent collectors are starting to pop up now and look at my work. One of the things that I think it distinguishes your work from a lot of other bird painters, at least in my experience of your work, is the fact that you really do portraits of these animals. They stand tall and, and strong, look at you, and then they're, they're backdropped by uh, mm-hmm. their native landscape. What inspires you to do it that way? Well, I, you know, growing up looking at Audubon's ability to paint and, and other representational bird artists, so to speak, uh, Roger Torrey Peterson once quoted to me, he says, well, it's nice to see somebody that actually does raptors. And uh, it, it, it's nice to do a study, I mean, to, to represent birds like Roger Torrey did or Audubon. And, but it, to me, it seemed like and I wanted to take it further. I wanted to actually show this, the type of trees that grew around them, the type of sandstone cliffs, the rock differences, the uh, outcroppings that of the area that they lived, and, and so the incorporating of of the birds of prey in their natural environment was something that, I, with distance, with with huge amounts of distance, which you see out in this area, was not being done, and. Uh, so I just took advantage of that, and usually what I do is I pinpoint a, a, a fine landscape and, and actually almost completely finish the landscape. Then I incorporate the bird and move it around on the canvas, maybe do a cutout until I find the right composition, and, and then paint it onto the landscape so it blends right in with it. Give us an idea of some of the types of birds that you've actually featured in your art. Well, I've done all species. I, I mean, the raptors, I've done red-tailed hawks, I've done... Golden eagles, uh, prairie falcons, uh, uh, peregrines, uh, cooper hawks, um, just different species. And, and one of my series, I'm, I'm hoping to start probably this winter, would, it is uh, a series of birds found in the Pecos, birds of prey found in the Pecos Valley where I live. Hopefully that will be an inspiring to have an ex- exhibition of this type of work at the uh, National Monument, which is close to my home, and maybe have a showing there of wildlife birds of prey that people can actually see in the area. Wait until this train goes by. We'll just listen to the train. That's a great sound. Right on time, between (laughs) 2 and 2.30, the Amtrak from Chicago to California. That's a great sound. Great sound. Huh? You live in a, you live in a relative paradise. And just as an aside, by the way, you also live close, relatively close to the Pecos Monument, which historically was quite an amazing uh, community there. Any, any thoughts about that? Do you, I know you know some of the, some of the history of that place, and it's a very powerful zone. Just as an aside, well, it was, uh, um, the Pecos National Monument uh, became a national monument and was under the Preservation Act um, back in the 50s and the people involved with that was the late Greer Garson movie actress and her husband Buddy Fogelson who put the money up to build the have it 
excavated and protected and and reestablished as a national monument and a visitor center. The the old Indian Pueblo that was there dates back to the 1400s, and then the of course when the Spanish came in and and built the churches and kind of kind of ran the the Indians' way of life and had them work for them and stuff, introducing Christianity and stuff. They built this huge uh, mission, which during the revolt, the uh, Pueblo revolt, was also burned and destroyed and rebuilt again on top of the old structure. So it has quite a history, and if anybody ever comes out here, they really must make plans to come by and see the Pecos National Monument. It's quite a historical place. Yeah, it's a, it's a crossroads, really. It's an entree to the the Great Plains and lots of history there. Yes, the pass through the uh, Rocky Mountains into the Great Plains. That's exactly right. But now, when you go about painting a bird, I'm just curious, how, how, how do you like to work? How do you study a bird to, to really understand how it how it fits? Well, it, it, it depends. Like, if, I, if I have a species in mind, then I, uh, I do, of course, in my mind, I, I, I kind of put the composition together sit down with an empty canvas and kind of sketch out in a burn number fashion of illustration the idea that I have in mind. Sometimes my dreams, my, my dream, ideas come to me in a dream and I'll get up the next day and, and in the studio and, and put down what I, what, I, what I saw in my mind. And then I depended on the bird, type of bird, like prairie falcon, it'd be real open country with deep canyons and vastness and plains and everything and then with the cooper hawk which is a, a raptor that survives in a in a in a forested area needs to have a different composition which is forest and trees and, and mountains and and you know meadows and stuff like that so it depends on the species i paint and it depending on what type of landscape needs to go behind it now do you ever expect that these paintings have their own magic that is to say that when they're put in someone's home perhaps they may send out that message of the importance of these creatures and the space and this planet to the people who uh, uh, have the good fortune of living with one of your works well I, I think so I think I've, hopefully that's you know it, it's something that when they walk in and see one of my pieces on the wall it's something you know they feel like they're that close to that bird and that bird is so accurately drawn that they can tell what it is if they don't they can look it up and say oh it's a prairie falcon or a or it's a red tail, and they can see the country it's in and, and have the appreciation. So to me, hopefully, it's a, a preservational environmental statement that I'm doing with my art. And people will collect it because of that and, and or just initially you know, enjoy the view that they see when they look at my painting. One of the dynamics of your work is the fact that it, it is the bird, but it's also within the landscape, and your landscape uh, paintings are getting a lot of attention these days as well. Let's talk about you and the land and how it is the land speaks to you. The southwest landscape to me is, I'm, I've, I've done, I haven't traveled extensively. I've, I've been to Colorado and Arizona, and they all have their own sort of variety of, landscape changes and formations and horizontal differences but New Mexico to me you can go from one end of the state to the other and you're in completely different terrain and and to me that's just incredible and um, and the seasons here are full we've got full four seasons I mean it's cold in the winter and it's hot in the summer and in between you got the moderate range and it's it's just perfect and that's why it's such a migratory route for for the birds of prey to come through here because of the, especially the Rio Grande River which is a main route for 
waterfowl and such. And of course, the predators follow the, the source of food. But uh, the land itself is just it just it speaks for itself. I mean, it, it, there's no place else you can stand on the hillside and and, and look a hundred miles and see a mountain range and have the ability to even go there within a day and and explore that part of the state. And it's just uh, and at night with the stars. I mean, there's no cloudiness. There's no pollution. You can in my backyard. I can look up and the Milky Way is so bright you can almost touch it. And it's, it, to me, there's no place else for me to live as an artist for sure and uh, I've never the furthest I've been away from home is, is uh, Connecticut I drove out to a wildlife show for the Nature Conservancy out there back in 1992 and that's the first time I've really been further east than Texas in my life and we drove to Connecticut my daughter and I and, and I, to this day I can still remember I didn't see the blue sky or feel very well at all until I got back into the state of New Mexico on the way back and saw the blue sky again. It is amazing uh, for people who spend any time in New Mexico. That blue sky is legendary. It does affect one's soul, I think. You know, mm-hmm. you're lucky in a sense that because you live in entranced by your art and and surrounded by the natural beauty there, and that's really very much what your life is involved with. But then there's other things happening on the planet out here that I'm sure you hear about once in a while some of the things that are happening in the oceans and to our forests and and uh how do you bridge that you know how do you when you think about the the life that you represent and that you paint and express in your art and then what's happening out there what are what are your thoughts well my thoughts are environmentally speaking i'm very concerned about what's going on with the planet i think everybody needs to have the awareness or at least acknowledge the awareness of its of its importance and you know keeping our oceans clean and keeping our countryside open and, and publicly available for its beauty. And um, I really can't comment too much on oceans and things because I've never really spent that much time around large bodies of water. And um, any place on in this country or anywhere else, I think uh, people need to be aware of how they walk, how they travel, how they handle the earth that they walk upon, and and and, and what they do, for and how they can help to protect it and, and nourish it, and and feel responsible for it. I don't want to get too political, but they're suggesting relaxing a lot of the endangered species laws. That could literally lead, if it weren't for the endangered species legislation, possibly a lot of a lot of your raptors may not be around. What would be the what would the Loss be to the world if uh, if these birds and other creatures weren't here well, from the, your perspective. It would just be a chain reaction. I mean, if these things are lost, then the things that they feed upon are going to overpopulate themselves, or there's going to be one reaction after the other. I mean, every time a species is lost, it causes a backlash of of, of trauma through through life, and and uh, and if there's any way we can preserve and protect. And to make sure these things do not vanish from the earth, the better off we're going to be. You know, I said this was going to be a relatively short interview, and I happen to know that, as a matter of fact, this Saturday, uh, Rourke's going to get married. Uh, and so, going to get married. Yeah, yeah that's, that's great. Uh, yeah. What's the, what's the plan there? 
Well, we've been planning it out for a while. There's going to be a lot, a lot of, a lot of people here, and we're in the backyard right now digging an outhouse because I, I, you know, I mean it's something we can use afterwards too. So I might as well just get a nice big one done for the <laughs> convenience of the guests that are going to be around. And uh, we're going to have just quite a hole down here. We're going to have to build a stage. We're going to have. I'm a musician also, and and play play country songs and tunes and dance and just have a good time and hopefully afterwards we're going to try and come out and see you Sid that would be fabulous I want to wish you a, a great joy in, in your life as you move on as a as a married man again one one last thing too you work on a variety of sizes and I think a size is interesting and you're kind of working into some bigger size you go from very small to very big let's give us a, a sense of what size people might be looking at if they were to um, see some of your work well uh, uh, I hardly do anything smaller than five by seven, and I, 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 that's on board. Anything small like that, I do on just so board. Five by seven inches. Yeah, that's, that's about the smallest I do now. Um, and I make my own frames, and the larger pieces go all the way up to. Uh, I'm, I've got a couple of thirty-six by sixties I'm working on right now, and um, and I have some seven-foot stretcher bars which I'm planning to put together as soon as I build me a larger studio so I'm, I'm getting kind of pressed for size here because I do want to do larger pieces 4x5s and 5x8s and, and whatever kind of get some calls for that so we'll see what happens well I want to wish Rourke Griffin artist and musician and great soul great success in your art and as well in your new life with your new bride thank you Sid keep in touch and we'll see you soon the earth gives it all away, and it is a gift of beauty, peace, and wonder. Somehow, we must keep the dream alive that a time will return when people and their land and the wild, wonderful creatures are able to all take a deep, deep breath and find balance along the path. It's always a joy to walk and talk with you. This is Sidney Wildsmith saying adios until we meet again each Thursday or anytime on the archives when the voice of the earth speaks again here on the wild side news